Folks, to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. And we're back. It's been a few weeks since we've been on the air. What better day than today after a big election in Georgia? We're going to talk about that. And uh, look, basically, folks, we elected a Marxist to the U.S. Senate in Georgia, the Bible Belt. Uh, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. We're going to talk about some local politics. I, we haven't been on the show, Pastor, since um, before the elections. and some, some It's been politics. a long time. Yeah, so a lot of pro-lifers got elected in West, West Virginia. Um, some religious freedom folks got elected. I think that the Senate and the House, both in, uh, in West Virginia, will be... Um, much better. By the way, you're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show, the only show in America where you'll experience the fusion of church and state. So we're going to talk today about politics, culture, current events, and we'll talk from a biblical perspective, as we always do. Last time we were on, we had uh, Mark Daller, Tim's dad, and Tim was on with us. We did a show. Let's see, where were you, Pastor? You were out and about. partying somewhere. I'd <laughs> <laughs> running around, I don't know. <laughs> got to find something to do all yeah time. all right so man we haven't been on the show together for probably a month well, i'll tell you what between uh sickness and and busyness and yeah you, you were sick last week yeah i was sick yeah. last week so you, you're feeling better yeah recovered you don't and... look too good but I think... <laughs> <laughs> doctors say there's nothing they can do about that right. <laughs> Unfortunately. that's what i was told except he said lose 50 pounds anything i said no, i'm not interested in that <laughs> i choose now yeah <laughs> you don't have that problem yeah. at all um so, uh, by, by the way, we got to, um, uh, Tim Dowler told me that, uh, or re- reminded me a month or so ago that we are, uh, we're past now our second anniversary wow. on the Vo- uh, Voice of Truth radio show. Two years. How many shows, Tim? Uh, we're up to 64. 64 wow. shows. So, that's pretty cool. 64 times people had to listen to us. Yes, well, I guess they didn't right. have to hear chose to i think it was in their heart that they, <laughs> they really, really really wanted so. to <laughs> but uh, so next week we're going to celebrate have i told you about that pastor that we're gonna no what are we doing i think uh i think i'll bring in tim horton's coffee with donuts okay or yeah, maybe uh, you didn't look real happy about that how about dunkin donuts sure you like yeah, dunkin donuts I like dunkin. much yeah, better yeah. so i'll get you i'll go through two drive-thrus because i'm a tim horton's guy but a dunkin donuts donuts for canada sure. meets america could do something on the show special with that. The maybe. fusion of of uh, you'll be Trudeau, I'll be well. Me and the guy's real good. I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, you uh, made yourself a corner. Yeah, on, uh, yeah, I did. Trudeau. Of course. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Who do you take on that one? Uh, so uh, we'll celebrate next week. So I I uh, need to make a note, or I will forget. But um, two years—that's pretty cool. I think. What did you say, Tim? Like it was November eighth or something that uh, yeah something like that all right so we we uh we do we started doing live a couple months ago um in the mornings on wednesday but we also record this is recorded and played thursdays at 5 p.m saturdays at 3 p.m 
Um, we were at the AM slot, but we got promoted to yeah. PM. Uh, some pastors. We know some off. guys. <laughs> you know people. <laughs> yeah. So 5 p.m. on Thursdays, 3 p.m. on Saturdays. You get to, uh, and we uh, we uh, you can get us a podcast at what is it, Tim? Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. I listen to it often. That's how I know. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. All right, so let's talk. Um, let's talk just a minute about West Virginia politics, because I think that uh, some exciting things are happening in West Virginia uh, in certain arenas. But um, somebody just just getting into some economics, and I'm not an economics guy per se. I like it. I don't love economics, but but. Um, uh, a fellow senator told me over the weekend, we had meetings all weekend before the session, getting ready. Then we had interims on Monday and Tuesday. But uh, um, he said that the median income in West Virginia in the last five years has, like, doubled or something hmm. like that. It's really, it's really improved in the state. Um, and but, uh, but really, really exciting things happened also, like the pro-life bill, hmm. where you can't get an abortion in West Virginia – uh, except for the rare, rare case of rape and incest. So it basically eliminated almost completely abortion in West Virginia. Praise God That's for amazing. that. Did, did we ever think, uh, and I just wonder about, like, uh, your home state of Iowa. Do you have any idea what, what they did there? Or You know, I haven't heard. Uh, so, I know uh, so many states um, have something similar um, that didn't before, but I don't know about yeah, Iowa. Okay. Well, I was just curious. I hadn't... Um, I hadn't read about Iowa either, but uh, California, of course, is very conservative now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really Somebody's got to go out there and, and just knock some heads together. There you go. And uh, somebody with a constitution and knock yep. some heads together in California. But uh, So the religious freedom bill is being discussed in, uh, in the Capitol. They, uh, some, some organization did a study on uh, the states that are the freest – in terms of religious freedom, hmm. guess where West Virginia was? It's kind Four, of forty. Was well, yeah, it low? Forty nine. Oh We're really goodness. bad. We're awful. But I mean, it's not like you know we break down the doors of churches or anything. But but there's things like the religious freedom bill hmm. that we don't have, and I think twenty six states have. Um, and and uh, so the the RIFRA bill started with frankly, Bill Clinton signed that into law in the nineties. Uh, but a court stepped in and, and uh, with a rare fit of uh, of uh, federalism and said, "Oh no, we don't want to. We don't want to impose this on the states." Do they ever say that? Except for something no. like, "No, they don't care about that." But all of a sudden, the Supreme Court cares about federalism. Federalism is just basically the balance of power between the feds and the states. That's all it is. Um, so the state obviously. You know, according to the Tenth Amendment, uh, the state has all the power except that those uh, enumerated uh, powers given to the federal government. So the Supreme Court said, well, let's not apply the Religious Freedom Bill to the states. We'll just make it in federal cases. So uh, so the, all the states now have to step up, pass their own Religious Freedom Bill. What's it do? It just basically says, look, if you don't want to participate in a uh, wedding, um, a, a gay wedding, or something like that, or whatever it is—something that violates your conscience, which is why, which is why all of our forefathers came here because mm-hmm. they didn't want to have to violate their conscience 
Freedom of conscience. David Barton has a an excellent article on this that um, that's what America is about. It's not necessarily freedom of religion. It's freedom of conscience. And uh, we uh, we obviously, you know, as you know, Pastor, we we uh, we have a right and a God given duty, I think, to not violate our conscience. Well, the conscience is such a protected thing in Scripture. You know, consciousness comes from conscience. So Mm -hmm. the individual soul liberty is connected to that consciousness. And the Bible talks about a conscience that can be seared. And when you have a culture that's actively trying to sear the conscience, and what the consciousness does is it connects us back to God. It's how a person looks at creation and identifies there's something bigger than me, and God reveals himself to the consciousness of an individual. But there are powers at work in the world that want to sear that conscience, Mm. and that conscience gets seared by exposing our children and generations to sin. Uh, as we have pervasive sinfulness, we rob people of their identity of conscience. That's what the whole LGBTQ plus yes. movement does, yeah. is it mars the the image of God, the conscience that people have, and it erodes it away and, and it sears it to where people are blinded and cannot see the truth. Yes, so conscience it, is, is huge. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's fundamental. It's everything, right? So you shouldn't have to violate it, no. especially in America. And that's what this bill will do. Look, you know, if you don't, if you don't want to be a photographer or bake a cake for a gay wedding or, or whatever it is, you know, the, the guy, that, uh, the guy that's, that's head of this or uh, is, is the guy who's uh, uh, traveling the country. He was a legislator for 10 years and uh, – uh, he's an attorney, and he just understands it very well. He's a believer, and he uses he uses an illustration of a of a lady who's a, Je- a Jehovah's Witness in terms of of this violation of conscience. She, you know, she wasn't obviously orthodox in her in her uh, uh, theology, but she said, uh, "What was it? She didn't want to." I forget. Take some kind of um, medication or do some kind of uh, of medical procedure that was against her conscience, and wanted to go, I think, outside the state, and uh, so she wouldn't have to, um, so she could get treatment. I forget exactly what it was, but this was a gal who wasn't Orthodox Christian. That's who founded our country, but she she's protected under the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. For whatever, you know, this is America. You can believe, believe whatever you want without uh, fear of, of persecution. That's the way it's supposed to be. And this bill would protect, uh, I, I believe, churches and businesses uh, to, uh, it would give us, it would give you a day in court. It would yeah. give Christians a day in court. So um, it's not perfect. It needs to be stronger. And we need to pass other bills, but we're, we're making progress and headway in well, that direction. Well, we know direction. that the federal government, too, is putting some pressure on with this new Defense of Marriage Act as well. Yeah, so and we're going to talk about that next week. Um, uh, maybe you know a little bit about that. I frankly, uh, I mean, I know some about it, but I've not read um, a lot about it. Yeah, it looks like I know it's be very pretty bad. dangerous, yeah. yeah. I think it could, as I understand it, I think it could uh, uh, shut churches down unless you want to lose your tax-exempt status. Yeah. That's how threatening that's how serious this is so maybe we can do a, a, a segment or two on that next week because uh, our religious liberties you know 
uh, and we're, we're going to talk about this right now, um, but uh, we had a le- an election in Georgia. So Georgia is, uh, that would be considered a Bible Belt state, I think, right? Yeah. It's the South. And, uh, you know, God sent revivals in the South and churches, you know, the, the old joke about a, a Baptist church on every corner in the South how did that happen? It, it just doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? God does that. Mm-hmm. And, and these Baptist preachers, uh, you know, evangelized the South. And that's why it's the, the Bible Belt. So now we had last night an election. And look, we're not going to talk Republican-Democrat here. We don't have to. Let's talk Let's talk the belief system of Herschel Walker and uh, Raphael Warnock, who is, ironically— a Baptist preacher. Yeah. So there's there's uh, an article I just dug up, but but uh, look, folks, this is the disheartening thing of the whole election last night. Do I believe that there was shenanigans? I do. I believe that. I don't. You know, I, I am skeptical of essentially every election in deep blue areas now of a state. I don't. I don't trust any of them. The, the blue counties are always the last ones to come in. Well, we're waiting from we're wait. How come we're always waiting for them? They're, and and they're they're uh, yeah. Anyway, so Democrat Raphael Warnock. He's worked as senior pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta for fifteen years. So we're we're leery of Baptist too. <laughs> are we in a we Baptist know some church? things we about him. We do. Yeah. Baptist church. Um, so. He's a Baptist preacher for 15 years now. So here's the belief system, um, or some of the, let's see, this is just uh, nine things to know about Raphael Warnock. So one, he he drove over his wife's foot. (laughs) I don't know if you heard about that, but uh, we'll go on past that. Warnock defended Jeremiah Wright. Hmm. Jeremiah Wright is a, a Marxist pastor. Warnock says America needs to, quote, repent for its worship of whiteness. So there's critical theory. He's a, he's uh, showing his Marxism. Um, let's see here. This, let's, listen to, to this one, uh, Pastor Leversey. Church where Warnock was pastor uh, hosted Fidel Castro. Wow. How do you ho- uh, host... Uh, Look, communism is by definition atheist. Right? There's no room God. for sure. no room for God. All the founders of communists, whether it's Marx or Lenin, um, they they all were very clear. Look, we hate religion. We're out to destroy the religion. And and how do you have Fidel Castro at your church? Well, it, and this is the thing: it's never just politics. And, and this is what irritates me so much about. Well, don't get political, Pastor. Well, you cannot separate the fundamental belief systems and platforms of people and and the spiritual context that they come from. Your beliefs dictate how you behave. That's the bottom line. The Bible tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The, the way you think and what you believe yeah. is ultimately what you become. And so when you are posturing a political or a... Um, an ideological platform. It's coming from a belief system that is going to affect behavior. There are outcomes. Beliefs are not um, innocuous. Beliefs cause behaviors. And 
when you're looking at political right or left or Republican or Democrat typically or socialist and Marxist and, and free um, society, you're looking at belief systems that make up those platforms. And that's why you don't just vote based upon what granddaddy did or grandma did or, or whatever. You vote based upon the belief systems. And, and the, yes. the problem is is that these people, the people elected in Georgia last night, are, are exactly what you say. They're connected to a belief system that is anti-God. And it doesn't matter what name you put on a church or even if you say you go to church. Um, one of the reasons why I'm teaching on Wednesday nights right now on identifying false teaching and false doctrine is because you can't just go by a label that somebody puts on the front door. You have to know what their belief system is. Right. And... Uh the Marxist belief system is not of God. Anti-God. Uh, so Warnock's a Baptist preacher. If he read his Bible, you know, I've been having this discussion with my son. He's actually been uh, coming along well with his with his belief system, working on you know the, the fundamentals of what you believe. And mm-hmm. and I tell him, son, listen. He likes to read. He's a uh, he's he's a reader. He's intellectually curious. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's in the army, but he's he likes to read and. Uh, you know, I tell him, so look, son, you, you know, you, you've got to read your Bible because mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't read your Bible, you're not going to know what truth is. That's truth exists um, completely um, in the Bible. That's mm-hmm. where truth is, and that's, that's I am what, the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. And that's what the Word and, and, of God that's what told should, us. Yeah. Uh, that's what should inform all of your belief system, mm-hmm. and that's where you start. So, all right, so we're out of time for this segment. Tim Dallow just told me. So when we get back, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Warnock in this election last night because it does not pretend well for uh, for things. But um, anyway, you know we're a divided country. It's it's uh, it's it's really uh, stunning to watch. So we'll talk a little bit more. Uh, we're going to talk some wokeism and uh, tell some good stories and bad stories. There's there's uh, stories on both sides that uh, you're going to want to hear about and we're going to tell you about. So you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, Mike Azinger. We'll be right back. A portion of today's programming on Praise FM has been brought to you by an underwriting grant from Levitt Funeral Home. Levitt Funeral Home is the area's only locally owned multi-generational home. Five generations of the Levitt family have been personally involved in serving our community. So, a family can always do business with someone they know, someone they can depend on. Levitt Funeral Home can offer information about grief resources, ideas on planning a funeral or memorial service, information about our products and services, and ways to bring family and friends together through our online obituaries, email condolence program, and information for families about the Levitt Family Center. Levitt Funeral Home is celebrating 125 years of serving the Valley with two locations in Parkersburg and Belpre. The phone number for Levitt Funeral Home is 422-6459. We are thankful for John and Stephen Levitt of Levitt Funeral Home for supporting listener-supported Praise FM Radio. Hi, this is Brian Leversee, Senior Pastor here at Fellowship Baptist Church, and I would love to invite you to come and worship with us. Our services are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and then again in the evening at 6 p.m. We have our Sunday school programs at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 p.m. Exciting things are happening at Fellowship Baptist, and I would love to see you there. God bless. 
Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with Pastor Brian Leversey. And uh, we're live right now. If you're listening on Wednesday morning, if you're listening on Thursday or Saturday, we're not live. (laughs) But they don't know that. Till now. That's why I'm telling. Yeah. Right. Thursdays at five, Saturdays at three. Podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger, and uh, so we appreciate you listening. Thanks for listening to Praise FM 103.9. Got those right, didn't I? You yeah, did. So um, uh, we appreciate you listening. We we're talking about the election last night. If you paid attention, there was a huge um, election in Georgia with. Uh, uh, U.S. Senate race, two uh, two black guys, uh, Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. Herschel Walker, look, he made mistakes in the past, but he talks about God. He talks about the Lord. I believe he's a redeemed man. I believe he knows Jesus Christ, and uh, he was a great football player. <laughs> he was a great football I mean, player. He was unbelievable. He really, uh, really was. So Warnock, we were just talking about him last segment, and um, uh, look, uh, he, he's woke. He's um, He's a Marxist pastor, Marxist Baptist pastor, which should be a contradiction in terms. Indeed, it is not always the case, but uh, there's an article that I just read from that uh, is called uh, uh, Nine Things from Brett Barb, Cheat Sheet, Nine Things to Know About Raphael Warnock. We're not picking on the guy. We're just telling what the man believes and uh, he, he has a, a Marxist belief system. Here's the last thing. Number nine, Warnock does not denounce Marxism, describes Marxism as useful. So the last debate, uh, Walker, Herschel Walker and uh, Warnock, uh, so they asked him, you know, basically, would you denounce would you denounce Marxism? He wouldn't do it. He evaded the question. And um, so that's, that's where he's coming from. I had a, I read a great quote not too long ago, and I, I'm gonna, I'm going to talk about these because this is, this is, um, what what is a law? Where does the law come from? You know, the Bible says the law is good, and uh, the Bible says that God gave Israel the law, and that the nations around Israel, God said the nations are going to um, love you and come to you even. The strangers will come to Israel because they want to be under the law of Israel because it's God's law. And uh, our founding fathers got our law from Scripture. And, um, you know, they they would even get ideas for laws from, uh, from the pulpit. You know, they would listen to pastors preach and, and come up with a law, and the, and the pastors back then would preach from Scripture. They're not like so many now. But um, this is um, John Locke, who uh, was a man that was studied much by our founding fathers. And he has a quote. I read a, I read a biography of his recently, but he's a fascinating man. He was a believer in Jesus Christ. He was from Great Britain. And uh, he said on natural law, natural law is just basically the God, it, it, it's, it's, natural law is defined as scripture and our conscience that God, as you so well described, put, puts in our hearts to connect to God. That's a great way to put it. So Locke said the rules that they, the legislative power, make for other men's actions must, as well as their own, Be conformable to the law of nature, that is, to the will of God. The will of God is a good way to describe the law of nature, natural law. It's God's will, how he wants law to be. So, uh, so it should be conformable to the law of nature, to the will of God, 
of which that is uh, that is a declaration and the fundamental law of nature being the preservation of mankind. No human sanction can be good or valid against... Now, that's a little bit confusing. Uh, it's a little bit of, of, of a lot to chew. But let me give you a quote from Blackstone, William Blackstone, who's Blackstone's com- commentaries. Uh, Louis the Moore, the great Western authority, uh, author said, all the pioneers had on their bookshelf, my son told me this one, uh, had on the bookshelf the Bible and Blackstone. Hmm. So Blackstone taught law via his books, even though he wasn't for the American Revolution, but he taught law just via his commentaries. Blackstone said, the law of nature being coeval with mankind or uh, contemporary with mankind, the law of nature started at the same time as mankind did. God put nature uh, God put his law in the hearts of Adam and Eve, was, was be where it started. The law of nature being coeval with mankind and dictated by God himself is, of course, superior in obligation to any other. It is binding over all the globe, in all countries, and at all times. No human laws are of any validity if contrary to this, and such of them as are valid derive all their force and all their authority immediately or immediately from this original. So, in other words, God's law, the law of nature, put on our hearts, uh, revealed in the Word of God, that any law that is contrary to that is not valid. Yeah, That's what Blackstone said. And what's so good about this is that we can understand this visibly played out before our eyes. Because really, when you, when you think of natural law, you're thinking of that which comes from order or that which comes from something with design. When you design something intelligently, you've designed it to work in a certain way. You've designed it to function in a certain way. And so when you look at creation, you look at something that didn't come from chaos. It came from organization. It came from intelligence. It came from design. So it's made to function in a certain way. So breaking the law of nature is breaking the flow of that design. Breaking the law of nature is breaking the intention of that design. And, and when you break that, everything turns into chaos because you're doing something that you were not designed to do. So the Bible sums this up uh, really in the book of Galatians where the Bible says, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. That's, that's the ultimate culmination of natural law. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you're, if you are going to break the law of God, the design of God, the flow of God, the will of God, you're going to pay the price for it. And so, you know, even if you look at the marriage relationship and you look at men and women, we can tell by a logically, we can tell structurally, we can tell by design what's supposed to take place in human relationships through procreation, through marriage, through sex, sex, through the things that God has called us to. And when you break away from that design, you plunge society into chaos. And that's when you have men who don't know their men, women who don't know their women, boys who don't know their boys, girls who don't know their girls, is because now you have this chaos of going against God's design. That's the importance of natural law. That's the effectiveness of it. Yeah, I think that's uh, wonderfully put. I think that's a great description of it. Uh, natural law is God's order. It's his will. And uh, you, if you go against it, you're going against God, and, and, and God will not honor it, will not bless it, and it will create chaos. Yeah, lawlessness chaos. is chaos, right? Yeah. And we're seeing it break that's, out all over our country as we pull away from now. natural law. When you don't even have common sense, and all common sense is consciousness, hmm. right? It's that conscience we've been talking yes, about. Right. Then all of society crumbles around you. I mean, you have lawlessness and chaos. Where the law is observed, because it's good, 
not man's law, God's law. Yes, you know, the, the yeah. thing we've been talking about, natural law. Then things function the way they were designed to function, and you have peace, and you have not chaos, you have order. Yes. And that's what law. That's really why we talk about law and order. Law comes from design and order, and it comes from intelligence. Chaos comes from lawlessness, and it comes from not observing order, but just doing random things. Yeah, so. it all comes down. It all comes down to God. You know, God. Mm-hmm. God uh, rules everything, and uh, that's why the Bible says, "Blessed is the nation whose God." That's right. Is the Lord? You you cannot, as a nation, be blessed if you're going contrary to God's will, to God's law. It doesn't work. It's embedded in in the universe universe that uh, it will perf- that you know that the uh, universe will function a certain way as you described and when you go against that you're going to see uh, and we'll continue down this path that uh, that we're seeing and here's another example of it we're talking about uh, you know critical theory is against God's law it's just it's defiance of God it's rooted in Marxism and it is uh, rooted in in atheism. So it's it's going to look. I I, I tell folks that uh, look. You, you know, you, we're going to be we're going to be governed by God's law or man's law. You yeah. do not want to live in a nation that's governed by man's law. It comes out of dictatorships. The, and that's what that's what they end up being. They're arbitrary, capricious, mm-hmm. and self interested, and they they always benefit whoever's in charge. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to benefit the little people. God cares about the little people. I was just, I was reading uh, one of my favorite stories in the uh, uh, in the Old Testament is when the Zelophehad, the daughters of Zelophehad, right? I think there's five of them. So they're uh, I may get this wrong. I'm sure you know the story better than I. But their their father dies in the wilderness. He was part of the group. You know, all all but two were. So their father dies. They don't have. A brother, and so their inheritance—they're—they're uh, all girls, and they—they uh, they weren't going to get their inheritance. Is am, am I right so far? Mm-hmm. So they—they they go to Moses. Now, what nation in the world would would say that the leader of that nation has to listen to five gals that have a problem? Well, in Israel, they did. They took their problem to Moses. Moses took the problem to God, mm-hmm. and God said, "Watch this." Yeah, those girls are right. Give them, uh, take care of them, fix that problem. Now, what a God is that? Yeah. And that's God's law. And it was that was the law of Israel after yeah. that, right? Yeah. That's the law that you want to be governed by. A merciful God. Now they always say the, the God of the Old Testament. Boy, he just you know he's always ready to just wipe somebody out. There he took five little girls. You know they were probably in their twenties or thirties, maybe, and they were sisters. And he cared about their inheritance from their father, mm-hmm. right? So that's good stuff. So here we have, uh, here we have uh, critical race theory, critical theory that is infecting everywhere. I was at a conference, Pastor, two weeks ago, and it's called Enco. Uh, I'm, I'm chairman of, of Banking and Insurance uh, Committee, which uh, sounds like a bigger deal than it is. It's not. <laughs> they put me on it, so it couldn't be that big of a deal, right? So I was at a uh, an insurance conference in uh new orleans i was telling you about it off the air but uh um it's ncoil which is an acronym is it's been around for 75 years they've been uh creating law out of ncoil you know for 75 years it's where it's where the legislators and people in that industry and government go three conferences a year for years 
and it's set up like a committee meeting at a uh, at a legislature. There's a big square of tables, large room at the Sheraton, and then lobbyists and the industry people sit back in the back. You know, there's probably a hundred people plus in the room, and then you have like a panel set up uh, back to the you know inside the square, and they talk. You know, they give their ideas. So. Uh, you know, everything's cool, and all of a sudden, this panel of four guys start talking, talking uh, critical theory. I mean, just, uh, I know the word. I've read enough to, you know, it's like a language, mm-hmm. right? The leftists change, they create their own language, and they start talking. And I thought, okay, I, okay, Lord, I, I have to say something. I don't want to, but I have to say something here, you know, because, and uh, I just said something. And then the next day, I had to say something again, right in the middle of everything, right? But I had to do it. You know, I had to call them on it mm-hmm. because so many people are, I'll show you how ignorant people are on it. I said, <laughs> I said, you guys sound like, you guys are, uh, you guys are crypto Marxists. I don't know. And everybody in the back just burst out and laughing. Do you know why they burst out laughing? Because they don't know, Pastor. Mm-hmm. They're ignorant of it. I mean, maybe yeah. I was clumsy in my presentation. I could have been. That's why they laughed, but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I and after they, I kept going after they started laughing and and they got quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, then these guys come up to you after. Hey, thanks for thanks for saying those. Hey, those hushed to, those <laughs> yeah. hushed tones in the back. Don't look directly at me while I'm speaking to you, but that right. was good. <laughs> yeah, which is part of our problem. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so that's what's going on. It is infecting every aspect mm-hmm. of society. So here's an article. How much time we got here, Tim? Um, five. Okay, good. So. This is from Daily Caller, Ben Shapiro's organization. Doctors are giving gender-confused children puberty blockers. Mm-hmm. Used that uh, They use these to castrate sex offenders. Yeah. That's what they're giving to children. Who's doing that? Doctors. Yeah. Doctors. First, do no harm. I don't think they take that oath anymore. Well, this is the thing, is when you... You, you spoke about the fact that they like to change words and definitions. I, I think that at some level, they've deceived themselves that they're not doing harm. I mean, they speak mm-hmm. like they're doing good for all these kids and doing good for all these people. But, but how can you take a child and remove their core identity when they're still supposed to be being guided and learning from their parents, you know, what life is about according to the natural law that we've already talked about yes. and the order that God has given? And then, and then rob them of that forever. Forever, you go. You can't go back from something. These like children that. are having their sexual organs removed. Yeah. That's what these doctors are doing. And you make a you make a point that's very interesting because I was actually thinking about this whole thing last night, and I thought, uh, what? Because I saw a picture, Pastor, on um, somewhere, and it was the doctor, big smile on her face. Standing next to a little girl, everyone's a little girl to me now, but uh, 15 years old, 16, 14, I don't know. And she had just removed the little gal's, her breasts. Mm -hmm. And you could see the scars. Her shirt was open so you could see the scars where the doctor, standing there smiling, had just destroyed this little girl Mm -hmm. forever. Yeah. And the doctor was smiling, and I thought, she has to think. She's either been 
completely indoctrinated mm-hmm. or she has convinced herself, like you just said, she has convinced herself because God didn't tell her to do that. Yeah. She has convinced herself that what she has just, just done is a service to this little girl. Yeah. And in a way, it's a form of worship. Um, it's the same thing that's going to happen in the last days when the Antichrist is worshipped. Um, mm. th- it's this total giving over of yourself and, and, and your body to an ideology. It's it's not even helping somebody truly become who they are. That would be, you know, uh, giving foundation to their actual biological creation. That That's helping people know who they are. Right. This is who you are. This is what your body looks like. These are the organs you've been given. Let's help you figure this out. But no, they rob it away. And it's, uh, I don't think I'm too far afoot in, in what I'm about to say. And I think it's something that we need to contemplate. In ancient culture, when a culture would go in and they would conquer another culture, they would make eunuchs out of many of their men. They would rob them of that identity. And they did that to enslave them into the culture that they were coming into. They couldn't procreate. They couldn't, uh, you know, have their own individualism anymore because there's so much about our own individualism that's tied into our inherent creation. That's why God went out of his way in Genesis to say, I have made man and I have made woman and I have made them in my image. That's distinctly, right? You made man and woman. So, so now Go we're ahead. making yeah. eunuchs out of our culture, yeah. enslaving them into an ideology where they no longer have that, that, self-aware understanding that I am God's creation with his image stamped on me. Yes. So the first thing God did, first thing he said was, uh, male and female created he them. That's Mm -hmm. what the Bible says about what God did with Adam and Eve. The first thing is, uh, look, you are a sexual being. Yes. That is your identity. That's, I believe that's... Absolutely. That's how we're made, right? And from the beginning, that got marred. It got marred in in worship of false gods and pagans. Many of the ziggurats and pyramids and places of demonic worship were all prostitutionalized. You had goddesses that were giving their bodies over to the worship of Satan through this, this contorting and distorting of sexualization. Sex has always been a very important aspect of culture. It was the first calling of man, multiply and replenish the earth. Yeah, wow. And so you, you have all of this spiritual warfare going on around this one issue, you know, pornography. I'm, I'm not just talking about the LGBTQ. Um, we've, we've had, uh, you know, pornography and illicitness and living together outside of marriage. And, and all of this has been a perversion of God's inherent stamp on his creation to the degree that we are we are... Um, confused as humans, we're confused spiritually. This is utter darkness. Mm. And the way to fix all that is the uh, Bible solution. Yes. Don't don't do anything uh, that you that uh, don't do anything sexually until you're married, and yep. then after marriage, do all you want within the confines of the marital yep. system, the marital bed. That's yep. where that's it. The that's, marriage that's bed it. is undefiled. Undefiled. All right, you're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We will be right back.
A portion of today's programming on Praise FM 103.9 and Faith Talk 1450 is brought to you by Reno Refinishing. Reno Refinishing is a locally owned and operated furniture repair and refinishing shop. Mike McKenzie, the owner and operator of Reno Refinishing, has 25 years of experience in furniture repair and restoration. Reno Refinishing is available for a free quote to strip and refinish a favored furniture piece, fix a broken table or chair, or bring a family heirloom back to life. The motto of Reno Refinishing is, no job too big or too small. The phone number for Reno Refinishing is 740-376-0342. And their before and after pictures can be seen at facebook.com slash Finish. We are thankful for Mike McKenzie and our friends at Reno Refinishing for their support of listener-supported Praise FM 103.9 and Faith Talk 1450. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. There was a Roman soldier who trusted Jesus enough to send him a message. His servant needed healing. The soldier believed without needing to see and without needing Jesus to make a house call. This soldier knew he didn't deserve to be in the presence of Jesus. He was convinced that the servant would be healed if Jesus just said he was healed. This man had learned to trust those with authority and Jesus had authority. This Roman centurion trusted the outcome to the command of one who could change outcomes. Jesus knew faith when he saw it, and this veteran showed an unexpected faith. God is the master of impossibilities. He's strong when you're weak. Bring your sin and he'll bring his forgiveness. His authority means you can trust his plan. Follow, get the help you need. Praise FM, your home for today's gospel music. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in. We're live today, and uh, man, we just got a compliment, uh, yeah. Pastor Lovers. Uh, can you bring the guy that complimented us back in so we can he can sign that? <laughs> so, so we, We've loves. got to get proof. All right, so you're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We are on live t- uh, this morning. If you're listening Wednesday morning, nine to ten, we try to try to get in here as often as we can, but. Uh, Last few weeks, man, you were sick, mm-hmm. and uh, you okay now? You feel all yeah, right? Yeah, was sick. Was traveling one week. You've been traveling. Yeah. It's just it's I've been, been a busy season. Yeah, but uh, we're going to celebrate our two-year anniversary on the air next week. Nice. Uh, I heard rumors of donuts. Donuts and coffee. Yes. Are you a coffee drinker? I am. Okay. So yeah. should we invite our listeners to stop by? All one of them. <laughs> Buy an extra donut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you want to stop by uh, Fellowship Baptist Church uh, next week, let us know you're coming, and we'll get you a donut. Yeah. We'll get you a picture with uh, there you go. Tim Dowler, the producer. Yeah, Tim Dowler. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, we were talking about uh, the LGBTQ stuff, and uh, Tim had a, a story. Fisher Price is selling... Um, to three-year-olds, right, Tim? Hold on, he's handing me the phone here. RuPaul, RuPaul, he's kind of the iconic. Can you use the word iconic in the LGBT? He's the yeah. iconic transgender guy. Everybody knows who RuPaul is. He's the large black guy with uh, tons of personality. I mean, he, you know, and 
he's been except he's kind of been a laughing stock of sorts. You know, people laugh at him in the corner and then act like he's a serious individual. But now he's mainstream, yeah. right? Uh, this stuff has almost become mainstream, and we've got to fight it. So we're going to fight it. Uh, I've got a bill coming up in the legislature on um, on. Uh, this LGBT stuff, a bunch of legislators do. So we're going to be taking this stuff on in West Virginia anyway. Hey, look, we're a little state, but you know what? Sometimes, you know, despise not the day of small right. things, God says. That's what I love about West Virginia, man. I, I like being in a small, yeah. in, insignificant state that no one knows that exists in America. Because that's what God will use, because yeah. we that way we hey, don't get too proud. You're never too small to do right. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's a great quote. Where'd you get that? Did you? I don't know. I don't know where I come up with this stuff. RuPaul to three-year-olds. So I don't know. uh, So you could buy a little set here. Fisher Price. Fisher Price. That that uh, little people. I mean, we've we've been buying little people for our our kids to play with since we've been having kids. Satan's corrupting uh, wherever the little people want to go. Disney Mm -hmm. World. Look what they're look what Satan's done to that place. Yeah, and. the influence who, who knows you know we've just become so jaded in, uh, in america but you can make a difference because disney had to rethink their whole business strategy their stock was tanking they had to get yeah. rid of their ceo and bring back the other guy yeah. and yeah. I, mean, I think that pastor in, in spite of how pathetic uh christianity is in many parts of america we were talking about how the bible belt isn't the bible belt like it was That's right. but you know what i think you go woke you start down this LGBT stuff. You, uh, you had a great description in uh, the last segment. If you didn't hear it, folks, go to uh, Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger podcast and uh, listen to Pastor Leversey's uh, d- description of of uh, you know the 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 God given order and how LGBT disrupts that and is in defiance of that. Uh, it was a great explanation of. It. I think that there's an automatic curse when you go down that lgbt road when you go down the the uh, whatever is contrary to to the marital uh, system that god gave us whether it's homosexuality uh, homosexual marriage whether it's no, no one even talks about that's how far we are no one even discusses homosexual marriage anymore right it's like okay we're done with that that's part of our it's embedded in the culture now isn't it yeah. It is. Yeah. No one even no one even discussed it. But if I brought up a law in, in West Virginia to um, outlaw gay marriage in West Virginia, which I don't think you could do because of Obergefell, but if I did, you know, people would stare at me. Mm-hmm. They would, and and if someone did that to me in the, uh, at the Capitol, I would stare at them because mm-hmm. I would be thinking there is zero, zero, almost. Uh, affection for a bill like that in mm-hmm. the culture at large. Yeah. That's how we are. That's where we are. And that's a dangerous place. And uh, as we talk about it, always, you know, God, Jesus is Lord of the, ho- of the harvest, man. He's Lord of everything, isn't he? There's he is. nothing. That's why I love, that's why I love being in government some of the time. Not all <laughs> Because it's a place where God created government, right? Help yeah. me out here. I need to yeah, feel did. like a <laughs> he did. You know, it's, it, it was it, ordained, and we're, we are downstream of culture. I think. Yeah, we're downstream of the pulpit. Yeah. The pulpit sets the uh, the the moral tenor of the well, whole. It has country. in our country since the foundation. That's that's. Yeah. But that also highlights the problem 
And I think that speaks to a good bit of what we talked about, about the Bible Belt no longer being the Bible Belt, is we watered down the pulpits. Uh, we decided to go with cultural mega churches that stole from other churches okay. and started to, to, to lay a foundation in, in the Christian world of a social gospel instead of a gospel of truth where you're battling against the darkness of culture and holding up the light of Scripture. And so the light's just been dimming. It, where did the mega where did the mega it came church from culture the come from? Sensitive movement. I'm not, now there's a difference here. Big churches. We have a big church. But, yeah, but, you, you but, pastor a big but, church. But, there, but there, then there's the mega church mentality, which is a consumerist model, which is based upon uh, gratifying people instead of challenging people. Uh, that the seeker sensitive movement was all about making sure that people felt that um, you were no different than, than them or the world, uh, but, but the, the Bible is different than us. The, the Bible speaks to us and holds up a mirror and shows us where we're not like Christ and calls us to be like Christ. And we stop doing that in church. We, we've made the church become like the world instead of challenging the world so the to become like Christ. the megachurch to me is saying something about the culture, or yes. to me the megachurch um, created something about the culture because... Uh, this just kind of hit me as we were talking, but the megachurch is is more of a um, a papal system in that it's one big center of of church, hmm. as opposed to all these thousands and tens of thousands and millions of little churches. Mm-hmm. If you go down to, I'm um, gonna drive down to Charleston. Uh, you go through Jackson County, and there's this little Methodist church that sits up on the hill. Everyone's seen those beautiful little Methodist mm-hmm. churches that glorify God. I hate mm-hmm. ugly churches. I, you know, our church is a pretty church. Mm-hmm. I think you should glorify churches of God in your buildings also mm-hmm. and in your dress and so on. But uh, for glory and for beauty, the Bible says in the mm-hmm. Old Testament. But uh, um, there was, there, uh, you know, John Wesley spread Wesleyism, you know, which was scriptural for the mm-hmm. most part all over america mm-hmm. and these baptist churches all over america and all of a sudden pastor you uh all of a sudden this seeker sensitive i think it's a cultural thing um creating these big mega churches where so many of these pastors get in trouble mm-hmm. how often do we hear about some pastor and i'm not you know i'm not condemning them you know we're all sinners but but lord you know if you're a pastor keep your commitment to your wife right. and your family absolutely right? and to the word of god and, and lord have mercy and have integrity. preach the word of god yeah. have integrity and and preach sin absolutely. i mean joel olstein is look you know we're supposed to call call him out but he won't he won't say anything about anything <laughs> and he has a huge influence in this country um and he's got a church like I, you know, it's so big you just can't even comprehend it. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, he's, but the, but the mega church give. mentality was about growing a number, not spiritually growing people. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not saying people can't get saved in mega church. I'm not saying that there aren't good mega churches. I'm not talking about big church. However large God has your church become is between that church and God mm-hmm. and, and what they're doing for God. But the mentality is more what I'm talking about of of caving into the cultural winds. You know, the Bible says that they'll not endure sound doctrine, but they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And so when you just become a a lighthouse for itching people's ears because you're trying to grow a congregation, 
then you're not going to have you're going to you're going to stray away from the Bible mm-hmm. being the foundation for what your message is because you're just trying to message to to make people feel good and and hear what they want. And you're to hear. not going to want to say anything. You're not going to challenge things in our culture. You can't pay for those big bills. That's exactly right. So you lock yourself in mm-hmm. at some point to to the size you are and needing to fund that. Uh, and that's why I think that becomes dangerous for a church. We should want to fund getting the gospel out in its entirety, mm-hmm. the truth of the word of God, and anything that comes in the way of that becomes an idol. Anything you put before God is an idol. And I think we have idolatry that seeped into the church today, and that's why people are, are not hearing yeah. the truth. I, and I, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to praise you on the air, but I'm going to. Somebody get him a wet cloth. He's <laughs> so so. You preach doctrine, brother. Mm. You you uh, you know. I've been around. You know. I got saved out of a very liberal church. Uh, I went to Bible college like and got baptized and went to Bible college like months after I came out mm. of a very. Uh, it was like culture shock. But I love <laughs> being there. So uh, I, that was in 1983. And I've been around a long time in in the uh, in these in churches listening to doctrine. You preach doctrine, mm-hmm. you know. If you didn't preach doctrine, then you know we, we'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, but uh, you, brother, uh, you preach doctrine, and it's it's so good to hear. You know, I've been out of town, but I listened to you um, on uh, on Facebook Sunday morning. I was I was listening to you in Charleston. Uh, Brother, you you, you 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 preach the word of God, mm. and it's so important. People, you know, God blesses that, mm. and you create strong Christians who who, who know can't be moved, who know yeah. the word, and can't be tossed about, mm. right? Yep. And that's America, man. Where you know we got Christians being tossed about with every every you know little thing that comes about. You know, how hard is it to look at? The the uh, this is the subject of the day, but how hard is it to look at uh, the LGBT movement and not know that that's not of God? Well, that's the conscious thing again. I mean, even my five year old girl um, will look at that situation and say, "Why are they? Why do they look like that, Daddy?" Because hmm. well, God gave her that trying, natural law. Under yeah, her, why right? are they trying to do that, Dad? And I'm answering these questions for a five year old yeah. who can pick up and 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 perceive that something's out of order Mm, that's great that's great praise god all right folks we're done for today god bless you have a good day and uh, you're listening to the voice of truth radio show lord willing we'll see you next week i will choose to listen then